I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today are representatives from two iconic landmarks of the DuPont legacy here in Delaware. David Cole, the Executive Director of Hagley Museum and Library, and Greg Landry, the Director of Academic Affairs from Winterthur Museum Garden and Library. Uh, thank you for joining us today, David and Greg. I'm so glad you can join us because the topic today is um, something our listeners might not be assuming we're going to be talking about. Uh, and what I'd love us to focus on today is the incredible work that both institutions, both Hagley and Winterthur, are now doing in terms of cultural and academic uh, relations with China. Greg, I'm going to start with you uh, because I understand Winterthur has, has a, a slightly longer history of work in China, and you as the Director of Academic Affairs, I know have been back and forth a number of times. Could, could you speak to how Winterthur got first involved with, with China? I'd be delighted to. Uh, interestingly, Mr. DuPont himself traveled to China in the 30s, in the 1930s, and he collected Chinese export porcelain. So there's always been at Winterthur an interest in things about Asia. So that has been part of our, of our profile. The World Mind Fund, Tsinghua University, Nepal Museum, they approached us about 10 years ago and wanted to know how we were teaching conservation, the conservation of material culture, of objects, of things that are meaningful to anyone's national heritage. They were very aware of what we were doing for our national reputation and wanted to see how that could translate into what they want to do teaching-wise in China. So we gathered, talked about it, compared notes, and five years ago, we started in a relationship of teaching in China uh, basically the same concepts that we've been teaching here at the University of Delaware since uh, 1974 on care, treatment, assessment of material culture. Could you speak a little bit to how how that translates to what they do? I, I mean, I'm imagining the material culture of China is goes back much farther than the American uh, decorative arts that Winterthur is certainly famous for. Yes, it does. And so you're, you're looking at uh, thousands and thousands of years of objects, of interiors that have survived despite all the turmoil in China over the last few centuries. And Currently, they, the people of China are so enthused about what they have and want to leverage that uh, to share that with the world and something that is unique to them. They are very aware that uh, worldwide standards of conservation are something they need to get up to speed on. So that's why they came, came to us. So there are things that are very, very easy as far as transfer and some things that are very different. One thing I was curious about is the approach we take in conservation and take for granted to an extent in America of how we approach the uh, conservation restoration of objects. Is that something that would translate well into the Chinese culture? And largely it does. And that both cultures are interested in the preservation of the full history of the objects. The project we have been using primarily as a base for our teaching is the Qinglong Garden restoration project, which has been going on since 2002, and the World Mind Fund has been behind that. What they were hoping to do was to be able, through the conservation training that we're establishing, have Chinese uh, newly trained conservators poised to then carry out the work on the Qinglong Garden. Qinglong Garden in the 1770s, uh, it, is, it was designed as a retirement um, place uh, for the Qinglong uh, emperor. And so that's my starting point. And the value of that collection, not just as 
it was in the 70s and 70s, but it's full history. So the ethic that we're applying here very much applies uh, to the approach of caring for collections there. So Winterthur has not only has that academic relationship mm-hmm. with universities in China, but a few years back, I recall, and I think you were part of the the host team at Winterthur when uh, representatives from the Chinese Cultural Embassy in Washington D.C. came to Delaware and came actually came to Winterthur. I recall them being in the China room and actually reading the wallpaper, which which was kind of interesting. Not too many of Winterthur's visitors, I would imagine, actually read the Chinese script uh, on the wallpaper. It's correct. So, so you know, they, they have very much engaged with us and trying to look beyond just the training we're doing with the craft program um, and in the Shenland Garden, what other opportunities there are uh, for drawing on Winters' expertise uh, in the uh, scene with museums and the conservation preservation profession in China. So trying to build on that. And recognizing in all of this that a reason why the program uh, the, the program in China is so interested in what is happening at Winter is because of the University of Delaware connection. Mm-hmm. And Tsinghua University um, and mm-hmm. the pairing of that expertise with the Palace Museum or the Forbidden City, it's basically the same entity, uh, they could see very much the same parallel of what we're doing here in Delaware with the engagement in the University of Delaware with Winnetour. And the combination of those two is something that's greater than the sum of parts. They saw the same sort of synergy there. And I think it's part of what the embassy folks were looking at as well. How does that work? How do you bring museum cultural institutions together with uh, intellectual institutions and universities uh, to both further the preservation as well as interpretation of of the collections. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the art conservation program at at Winterthur and the partnership with the University of Delaware is is internationally renowned. Mm -hmm. And I try to get to the presentation every year of the graduate students. Uh, I don't remember, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but have any of the graduate students had an opportunity to do their uh, field work in China? Yes. Uh, One of our third-year students currently uh, spent the first part of her um, uh, third-year internship uh, in Hong Kong, training with a library conservator there. So we've been able to do that, and one of the second-year students I'm working with right now at Winnetour uh, is a graduate of the Tsinghua program I taught in China. So he's coming out of that program into our program. So the exchange back and forth of students uh, has been very rich, and that is developing. That, that, really, just a fascinating uh, opportunity to, for those two cultural insti- for your cultural institution to be interacting with uh, the Chinese academic uh, community. And now, subsequently, uh, the Chinese became interested in Hagley. Uh, David, give us a little bit of background about how that happened and 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 what's happening with that now. Well, absolutely, and a rather more recent phenomenon, as, as Greg mentioned, the relationship there goes back quite a number of years with Tsinghua and with China in general. With Hagley, it's a much more recent phenomenon, uh, and it all started when, as you may be aware, uh, about three years ago, Hagley acquired a really extraordinary collection on the history of American invention. This is the Rothschild Patent Model Collection, and these are we have approximately 5,000 of these wonderful artifacts um, in the 19th century. If you were an American inventor, or actually an inventor from a foreign country, and you wanted to patent your invention in the United States, you would uh, submit an application to the U.S. Patent Office, and it included these wonderful scale models of uh, inventors' creations, their inventions. And the Patent Office would consider these as a strong part of your application. 
And uh, long story short, uh, these models kind of dropped out of circulation in the 20th century. This was really a 19th century phenomenon. Uh, but Hagley uh, was uh, really uh, fortunate to make uh, the acquaintance of Mr. Rothschild of New York. And he had spent uh, most of a lifetime collecting these wonderful models. And uh, we now have, as I said, over 5,000 of them. And we acquired them uh, just three years ago, and we're thinking about what to do with them at that time. I mean, we had just received them. My gosh, we're still unpacking them. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of them. And as we were thinking about what to do with this extraordinary collection really representing America's invention history, I started to give some lectures on on the topic. And I was at the Smithsonian, Smithsonian American Art Museum, about two years ago. And at the end of a lecture on the patent models and U.S. invention history, uh, a Chinese woman came up to me at the end of the lecture and said, this is extraordinary. You must exhibit these models in China. And uh, Hagley had had no prior connection to Chinese cultural institutions to speak of. And, uh, and in fact, I think we were almost ignorant of all the good things that Wintertour had been doing, that Greg had been doing, including teaching uh, in Beijing and at Tsinghua. And so I said to this woman, well, how would I go about doing that? I don't really have connections. And she said, well, I, I can introduce you to a friend. Well, her friend turned out to be uh, Madame Li Hong, mm-hmm. who I think is well known to Winter Tour. She has been for a number of years now the Minister of Culture to the United States from the People's mm-hmm. Republic of China. And I believe she was the one, one of the ones who came to Winter Tour she at was. the visit right. a few, yes. few years back. And, and she speaks fondly of her visit and mm-hmm. also her visit to some of the other regional institutions. Mm-hmm. So she was really smitten with... Uh, the Brandywine Valley's mm-hmm. cultural institutions when she came. So that helped pave the way in some uh, respects for our meeting. And so a very long story short, within one week, she had connected us to the foreign ministry in Beijing, uh, the Ministry of Culture and Education, and they had arranged for a four-city tour of our patent models mm. to begin uh, nine months hence <laughs> mm-hmm. in China, which was um, a rather extraordinary thing for us, A, because it happened so quickly, I think Greg would tell you that in the museum world, usually when you're setting up exhibitions, particularly those that go overseas, the the, you know, the wheel grinds slowly. Mm-hmm. And this was um, uh, an extraordinary thing to happen so quickly. And they, they set up each city, major museums. And in, and in fact, the other uh, irony here is that our, par- our partner was Tsinghua University. So yet another Tsinghua connection. Uh, and, uh, and they have been extraordinary partners um, and as, as you were saying earlier, they have magnificent facilities. They're a brand new art museum at Tsinghua, but they, um, they're really hungry for product. They, want, they would love to bring more American artifacts, American stories, American shows into their museums, and we were, we were happy to oblige. Well, I certainly want to continue pursuing this, but let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guests in the studio today are David Cole, the Executive Director of Hagley Museum and Library, and Greg Landry, the Director of Academic Affairs from Winterthur Museum, Garden, and Library. We're talking about the, the, the exchanges you've been having with China, the academic exchanges, the, the, uh, uh, the exhibit exchanges. So these four museums in China, I mean, China is a huge nation, a, a population of 
Uh, you would know better than I. One point seven. One point six. One point six billion. <laughs> billion. Which I think represents probably a fifth of the world's population. Like so that. these four museums. When you talk about this exhibit going to four museums, what are we talking about in terms of visitorship? Sure. So uh, the initial plan was to take the show starting with Tsinghua, which is in Beijing. They have a beautiful new museum there. It was to take it from there then to Shanghai and on to Shenzhen in the south, a little town of about 15, 20 million people, and then on to Wuhan. Uh, but as when we opened the show uh, in April of this year, um, the Ch- our Chinese hosts and partners changed the game a little bit. And after the opening at Tsinghua, which was very successful, probably do, drew over 100,000 people, uh, the Ministry of Culture got in touch with Tsinghua and said, we'd like to move this show immediately to the National Museum of China on Tiananmen Square, which is the, uh, we were just discussing this, it's the world's largest museum and it's the world's most visited museum, uh, right in the heart of the city center on Tiananmen. And so this was rather sudden news, but we were game. We thought that'd be a wonderful thing. And so the the show spent, uh, the show was called The Power of Innovation, featuring our patent models. And it spent the summer at the National Museum. And the best estimates we have for my National Museum friends is that the show drew somewhere north of 1.5 million visitors during that time, which is um, a tad more than we draw at Hagley <laughs> during the same period in the summertime. And my understanding from our conversation earlier is that this exhibition was the first American museum to have a solo show at the National Museum. That's correct. Is yeah, that right? the first time. And the reason for that is, is basically that, first of all, the artifacts are wonderful, but I think many museums have, have wonderful artifacts. I think the difference maker was that the theme of the show, which is really the history of innovation, what drives invention in America, the strength of our intellectual property laws, um, that's a very powerful theme for the Chinese government right now. And it resonates with Xi Jinping and on down through the government. And so it really aligned beautifully with uh, some messages that China wants to send about uh, the importance of intellectual property and fostering innovation in China. It also aligned beautifully with messages that the U.S. State Department wanted to send about the importance of protecting intellectual property as a way of fostering innovation and economic growth. So in a way, the exhibition came to the attention of both governments, and each government had a message to send. Mm-hmm. Show, interesting, and that kind of ties into a theme, Greg. You mentioned earlier, and that is the 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 Chinese openness to learning from from the outside world, which is is in kind of a novel in the in the starting in the twentieth century. That that openness of of recognizing that there there is value and knowledge from the outside is is that a fair statement to make? That is, that is fair, very much so. Uh, and for me, that is at the very core of the conservation profession, uh, is the whole concept of collaborating with others uh, toward the betterment of the object you're caring for. And so China is set up a, a wonderful model there of engaging with others to understand best they can how then to care for these things. So so that has been a very enriching experience to see that. Um, and it's been somewhat humbling as well uh, of, of being sure that we're able to, in fact, fulfill that for them. The expectation that the Chinese have is that the skills they need to acquire, they, they will acquire and be able then to be in many ways self-sufficient, but very much part of the global community at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. And I see that in the on the museum realm with the things they've been doing with David and, and Hagley and uh, the things they're doing with other institutions, that that and the intent to be engaged globally is there. It's not reaching out, getting information, and closing down, much the opposite. It's reaching out and maintaining those uh, those relationships. And I understand that, that uh, again, we were talking before, before we went on the air, uh, that, Greg, the, the Winterthur academic connection has, has evolved over time. And now I believe there's an exhibition that's being mounted soon in Hong Kong? That's correct. So right now we have staff from Winterthur in Hong Kong at the Hong Kong, Hong Kong Maritime Museum uh, on ceramics, and particularly Chinese export porcelain. Uh, so we have upwards of 30 pieces that are part of that exhibit, including two pieces uh, that were George Washington. So he's getting some press in mm-hmm. China, which is mm-hmm. kind of nice to see um, with that. And we're hopeful that is uh, an example of things we will continue to do um, uh, with China as far as exchange of collections. As David mentioned, there's a great interest uh, in seeing things that are Western in, in China. In this case, we are looking at the export phenomenon which is not uh, unfamiliar to us and like to see it exchanged there. But the potential of drawing on collections uh, throughout uh, the United States to be shared uh, in China is great. I think it's interesting to me, I always grew up with a fascination with things Asian, things Chinese. I mm-hmm. think that was culturally something that was there. Um, very much true in China, there's a great interest and fascination uh, with objects that are, are Western and looking forward to that exchange. Now, I, I'm curious, I'm going to toss this out. Either of you can can uh, uh, field the question. I, it, clearly, uh, the, the Chinese are benefiting tremendously from this, this uh, academic and artistic exchange. What is this doing for your two institutions? <laughs> That's good. Um, <clears throat> I can certainly take a crack at that. So, uh, first of all, I think that that um, as a consequence of the work that Winterthur has been doing for a number of years, and then our show most recently, and we'll be taking another one, in fact, to uh, another patent model invention show to Shanghai next October. Um, we're building, you know, our institutions in the Brandywine Valley are building a reputation at the highest levels, really, of the Chinese cultural establishment and the government itself as, as uh, a group of people um, whom they can trust and that they want to develop long-term relationships with. And so there, we're, we're, there's really, um, uh, I think, an opportunity to continue this work long-term. And one consequence, one dividend of that, is that we're starting to see strong interest from uh, uh, the Chinese tourism ministry in encouraging a lot of the Chinese travel services, what they call the outbound services, places that organize Chinese tour groups and send them to America on cultural expeditions, seeing a lot of interest in exploring the Brandywine Valley, perhaps not for the first time, but certainly uh, with greater intensity than in the past. Um, you know, a typical Chinese tour group might go to New York, uh, make a trip to DC, and not do a heck of a lot in between. And there is a real opportunity, I think, to change that and with the reputation that both of our institutions are developing in Beijing and beyond to encourage more Chinese who are traveling. And I think at the last count, something like 200 million per year are now traveling abroad. Rather extraordinary. There's an opportunity to encourage a lot of those folks to get off of I-95 for a couple of days and explore the, the Brandywine Valley. And that would be a tremendous boom, um, both culturally and economically, 
to mm-hmm. our region. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'm thinking, too, uh, that, uh, I mean, what both Winterthur and Hagley have to offer as, as two of these, as I mentioned, you know, sort of iconic landmarks of the DuPont legacy, but you also have Nemours and you have Longwood and, and just the, the gardens, the botanical uh, uh, features of right. each of your properties is just phenomenal. And that, to me, I would assume would be very attractive uh, to Chinese tourists. Is, is that Very accurate? much so. Uh, and it's interesting, once they are here and they see the uh, smorgasbord that is here for them to enjoy, uh, it's impressive. I, one of my colleagues um, in China, first trip to, to America, she wanted to see two things, New York and win a tour, mm-hmm. and it pleased me immensely. Like, yeah. Okay, you see, and and did just that. So so there's there's that part of it. And David spoke quite quite well on the importance of engagement here. The other thing he asked the question about how do we benefit, mm-hmm. um, and working with uh, Chinese collections and looking at what is of value to them for us is a benefit as seeing uh, this to a much broader period of time. Mm-hmm. And the influence then of, of of what we're doing, which tends to be with our American materials, of a shorter duration. Mm-hmm. So it's expanding our worldview, mm-hmm. and that's a great importance both um, in how we're presenting ourselves as well as academically how we're approaching it. I was going to say I recently spent a week in southern Spain, and to see a first century BC Roman amphitheater yeah. gives you a whole different it perspective does. on history. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to hear you say that. Uh, we've got about a minute left. Any final comments on on the value of this exchange with China? Well, I just think that long term, you know, global tourism is a growing phenomenon and. Um, this is an opportunity for our region, the Brandywine region, to sort of spread its wings and to make its, you know, we, have, we, have, we pack an enormous punch culturally for the size of our community. Mm-hmm. And more people, not just in this country, but abroad, need to know that. Well, Greg? The, the, the combination of what Hagley Winnetour is doing together uh, pleases me very much. So this certainly is a story of, of collaboration with Tsinghua, collaboration with the Millennium Fund, and, and with the Palestine Stamp for sure. Um, but to have uh, Hagley and working uh, together and comparing notes back and forth is enriching as well, because that's part of our vision to be engaged with our local partners as well as our global partners. Absolutely. Great. Well, Absolutely. David Cole from uh, Hagley and Greg Landry from Winterthur, thanks so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it.